I think you might notice a little bit of a different voice right now leading you off. That is because I, Yehuda, oh. the original guest star. You're not a guest. You're one of us. We have to be switching our whole name because of you. Don't give away our secret. You knew, like, the Ravens need one touchdown. Like, the Broncos might score one more field. Get one more touchdown. Yeah, you went 10-9. Five, you can win 10-9. I'm going to go with the commanders as well, just because it's too much of a question mark um, over there on the center for this. <laughs> I can't believe you saw that right now. I don't even... That's asinine. You're crazy. He, he's got You're the crazy. full package. He's no way. I don't care. No way. I can't, I can't even. It's hard to even look at you right now when you say something like that. That's crazy. Okay. And guess what? In basketball, you use a basketball. In football, you use a football. Welcome to Dummies for Sports. After Super Wild Card Weekend, we're digesting that. We just experienced that. We watched some uh, lots of blowouts, honestly. Maybe one good game, but two uh, or three surprising games, I would say. And to start off, the first game that was a little surprising, uh, not necessarily that the Texans won over the Browns, but the manner of which they did it, beating them by almost 30 points, 45 to 14 and if you'll remember, um, those of us on the smart guys on this podcast, you know, Rocky, Meisty, Feisty, Feisty, right. and and I, of course, almost forgot myself there. We uh, we we love the Joe Flacco narrative, and we love Joe Flacco, but we said it is uh, a little fluky, and there's there's still some interceptions. And then, unfortunately, Rocky, we saw those those interceptions; they reared their ugly head. Yeah, yeah, and there's no question. I mean, listen, you know, we love the Flacco store. We all loved it, and it was fun while it lasted. And, you know, Joe Flacco has a special place in all of our Baltimoreans' hearts. Obviously, that was one of the funnest playoff runs. It was the funnest playoff run for us so far. Hopefully, this year we'll get something better. But so far, you know, that playoff run was magical. You know, there were some magical plays in there, some beatdowns, some close games. And so we love Flacco, but at the same time, we didn't want to play the Browns next week. We wanted no part of that number one defense we wanted no part of that random, like, you know, Joe Flacco just slinging the ball down the field and, you know, completing 50, 60-yard passes to Njoku. And we both saw the collapse coming, potentially at least, and it did. He started off the game pretty well, but after a certain amount of time, things started to catch up to him. And, you know, all of a sudden, the Texans brought an interception the other way. The next drive, the Texans bring another interception the other way. And that was all she wrote, right? I mean, at that point, the, the Browns yeah. were inching ever closer they were down by 10 granted the texans sort of had control of the game until then but that was that that was the turning point of the game throwing that pick six halfway through the third quarter go down by 17 they could never quite rebound from that so there's no question that it was fun to watch while it lasted but the joe flacco experiment failed in so far as getting the browns another playoff win over here yep um nice to you Okay, you got no because it's yeah. The, sorry, the, the, the camera switch. The camera switched a couple times. It's all good though. We're good now. Yeah, sorry, I got so on, so on, so on. Clicked in. Sorry about that. Multiple phone calls and so, I apologize. Okay. Busy man, busy man over here. Yeah, he's got lots going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, sorry. The the I mean, obviously we we like we said it, and uh, I mean, I really I really was rooting for I really was rooting for Joe Flacco, and hoping that 
he would do something just because I think it would have been really cool to see him come to Baltimore. Um, but you know, but you know, I think like we said also, I said like I said last week, I think the Texans are the more exciting teams. CJ Stroud is super exciting. Um, now, I, I, I may be a little biased because he's coming to Baltimore, but I think even if he was going to a different, whatever, if he was going to Kansas City or Miami or wherever, I, I still think that he's not. You know, it, it's a wild card game. You played the Browns like relax. You know, let's 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 not let's not get ahead of ourselves. But um, the Texans really just whooped Joe Flacco. I mean, they really yeah. took advantage of every aspect they could. The thing with um, the Browns' defense, also that um, I think Cleveland fans did not really want to acknowledge, was that they beat up on really bad teams at home. And the last time they played the Texans, oh, they beat them thirty to six, and they're on the road. They're in Houston, but. They played Case Keenum and Davis Mills. Like they did not play CJ Stroud and Bobby Slowick and the Texan the Texans offensive coordinator was absolutely cooking them with these motions and these sweeps and everything. And these guys were running wide open and they just CJ Stroud looked awesome, did not look like a rookie. And then um if you know if your defense is not playing up to the level that it does at home, then you have to have your quarterback step up. And unfortunately, Joe Flacco did not. And these interceptions that he was throwing, you know, I expected one, maybe two interceptions. I did not expect two pick sixes. And so, like we said, they they could not come back from that. And um, it ends a fun story. But, um, you know, Joe Flacco still a Raven at heart. Had to get the Browns out <laughs> in the first round. Did the Ravens a solid. Yeah, but then... Yeah. I, I, I'll also add, I mean, you know, you mentioned the big plays. The Browns have always been prone to big plays the entire season. They, they're they not the type of team you're going to methodically drive down the field. That's been, right? But they can give up the big play. And you mentioned Bobby Sloak. They call him PFF Bobby on because uh, he's a former PFF employee. He just turned PFF, PFF employee, call, um, turned offensive coordinator this year. Just a fantastic job. We're going to get to Jordan Love soon. But, you know, I think that's the difference seeing CJ Stroud and Jordan Love here. CJ Stroud played well. I don't want to take anything away from him. Like you said, played like a pro, 16 for 21, only five in completions, three touchdowns. But, like, you saw that Dalton Schultz touchdown. I mean, he's sitting there wide open. There's no one within 20 yards of him. You know, Bobby Sloak just did such a fantastic job scheming these guys open down the field, whether it was Nico Collins, whether it was Dalton Schultz, getting so many different guys involved. And, you know, I really think the game ball should go to Bobby Sloak. Just, I mean, he really confused this Browns defense, and he exploited their one weakness that they've had all year, which was giving up the big play. So credit to C.J. Stroud, but I think even more credit to, to Sloak and those boys. He, um, he definitely did himself a good service if uh... – People are looking at him as a potential head coach. He, he definitely showed up. But then on to the night game on Saturday, we got Dolphins Chiefs in the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Um, I think it was began at negative four, ended up around negative seven, negative eight. And then we got negative 25, negative 30 with wind chill. Like that was, I think, the most obvious outcome I could have predicted. Uh, of this of the playoff weekend, um, maybe you could say Bill Steelers, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But it, it, you you're not having a team come from Miami from 70 degrees. Literally, they lost in Week 18, cost themselves the division in not a collapse, but like a slow, a slow moving. Uh, you know, kind of gave up the division and uh, not not yeah. the best fashion. Gave up the division to the Bills. And now they have to go on the road into negative 25 degree weather and they're 0 for 11 in their last games, their last 11 games under 30 degrees. Like we, we saw they were not going to show up. And 
Tyree Kill didn't go ballistic. I said the only way that um, that they have a chance is if Tyree Kill goes ballistic. And he did catch a touchdown. He had that big play, and I was like, oh, is this it? Is is he about to start going crazy right now? But no, they they pretty much contained him after that. And the Chiefs' offense, I got to say, uh, Meisty, the Chiefs' offense, like they stalled. This their defense played great for sure, but defense is expected to play great against a team from Florida that's not playing in negative 25 degree weather. I think they had four or five field goals. Like they did not finish touchdown drives. And you could say maybe Mahomes is like, oh, okay, it's fine. I know my defense is going to show up, but you're you're not showing up. My see this offense is not showing up. And like you can't do this against the Ravens or even the or the Bills or even the Texans. You know? No, so I, I definitely hear um I think that we, we can I'm going to factor that the cold weather definitely played some part on that stall on the offense. Harder to catch the ball. Guys are just freezing their ass off, you know? So, yeah. So, the the bottom line here is that Mahomes, like, the way he got through the season is he's always just been doing enough. Always doing enough. And, right, we talked about close games, always in close games. And I think here we are again, like, he, he's just going to do enough constantly. Now he gets to play the Bills. That's a high-powered offense. There's no, there, there's no room for these small errors. Yeah, we'll talk about that obviously when we get to the Bills Chiefs game. But yeah, this was as obvious as it came. Chiefs, Dolphins, everything. I mean, dude, they were frozen, and, yeah. and it made no. I, it almost like made no sense for the Dolphins to even show up. It was just stupid. I mean, maybe if SNA, maybe if if Brad, uh, Bradley Chubb was there and and whatever the safety. Um, it, maybe things are a little different, but like it didn't really matter. They got picked apart on offense. And the Chiefs were swarming them. The Chiefs, the Chiefs came to prepare for, for that cold weather. Um, yeah, this is this was as obvious as it comes. Yeah, listen, I, I actually I have a little bit of a different take. I think this had less to do with the weather and more to do with the fact that the Dolphins have been unable to beat you know teams of a higher caliber the entire season, right? I mean, if you look at my Steve and I sort of had a little, you know, duel about this the other day, the other week, really. And, you know, if you look at the four losses the Dolphins suffered on the road, it has less to do with the fact they were on the road and more to do with the fact those four losses were against the, their four toughest opponents of the season. It was the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and I can't remember the fourth one. But, um, is, oh, Ravens. and Ravens. Very good, right. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and the Ravens. There you go. So that's, that's, that's all you have. Right, right. Already forgetting. That's the most recent one, too. So already forgetting about that. I mean, and, 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 and to be honest, I mean, you know, week 18, Sunday night against the Bills, this was a similar offensive output to what they did Saturday night against the Chiefs. So I think I think it just has to do with, for whatever reason, you know, the Dolphins feast on bad teams. And that's valuable, guys. I, you know, we're going to get to the Cowboys, and, and, and that's a similar concept of the Cowboys. They feast on bad teams. Dak Prescott, if you just if you just take away his four or five games against, against you know, higher caliber opponents this year, he is the best quarterback in the league, and it's not even close this year. It's not – he's a runaway MVP candidate, right? That is valuable to beat up on bad on bad um, on competition, and I think the Dolphins do that very well as well. But for some reason, they come up in these games against the Chiefs and against you know high, you know the Bills and against the Ravens. In those games, they fall flat. They fell flat twice against the Bills this year, against the Chiefs, against the Ravens, against the Chiefs twice this year, and against the Ravens. All the good teams that they had to beat, they didn't show up, and and you know it ended up costing them their their season Saturday night. I love that you brought that up, the Cowboys, because that obviously is an amazing segue. But also, we literally had the uh, can't beat good teams bowl in the <laughs> Chiefs, I mean, uh, in Cowboys Dolphins, and they met each other. 
and the Dolphins were able to win, and then they're like, oh, see, maybe the Dolphins can beat good teams. That's the best part. Yeah, but then we we see that maybe the Cowboys aren't that good of a team. <laughs> and we saw what, obviously, everyone in America loved, loved to see, um, and what Cowboys fans don't understand why everybody loves to hate them, but the Cowboys get absolutely shellacked, and you could see... Even the announcers were saying it. The Fox announcers were saying, um, "What's going on with CD? What's going on with Dak and their body language?" Like, um, they looked scared after one drive. It was crazy. It was seven nothing, and they're already looking nervous. And they're like, "Oh no, here we go again." You're at home. You haven't lost in literally two years. They had not lost since September of 2022, right? Literally two years, two full seasons. The last time they lost it was the opener in 2022. And you go out and you're playing the seven seed. You're the two seed. This is, oh, it's it's like a bye week. Okay, you won the division. The Eagles the Eagles uh, collapsed and they, they lost the division. So now you don't have to go on the road. The Cowboys, you're so much better at home. You're playing the fourth youngest team or one of the, the youngest teams ever in the playoffs. And um, their defense is terrible, right? Everybody hates Joe Barry. And their uh, their scheme and <laughs> CD Lamb's gonna go for 200 yards, and Dak Prescott MVP candidates playing awesome, and then they just absolutely collapse. They want to talk about that was a collapse and a humongous choke job. And Rocky, I could not see this coming. I mean, I, it is pretty funny that it happens. I love the reactions to all this, but I I genuinely I did not see this coming, and I don't know. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> how did this happen, Rocky? Yeah, yeah, no, no one likes this more than Stephen A. Smith, right? He's been having a party yesterday and today, so <laughs> you know he's he's been having an absolute party. This is this is his moment. This is what Stephen A. was hired by by ESPN to do. You know, when the Cowboys lose, this is exactly what he's there for. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's hard to explain. The Cowboys twelve wins three three years in a row. And it's not like for a lack of talent. They had a top 10 defense in the league this year. They had one of the best quarterback to Dak Prescott to, to CeeDee Lamb. There are a few passer ratings, quarterback to receiver connections in the league um, higher than that this year. You know, there's there's Purdy to Debo. There's a couple others, but there aren't many. So it, it's hard to know why those guys, like you said, were just off sync, why the defense was just getting obliterated. And man, Jordan Love off his back foot. I mean, he's making all these throws. He's looking like Mahomes Jr. over there. It's just absolutely crazy. You know, I think the Packers have their recipe to success. Just draft a guy in the first round when you still have a few years left in your veteran quarterback, sit him on the bench for three years and and let him rip when he comes out, right? And it, all it took was Jordan Love seven or eight games to sort of get into the groove of things. It wasn't a pretty start to the season for Jordan Love. People forget. Um, but, man, he's just down the stretch. He has been, I think, the second to highest rated quarterback in the league, according to PFF, since week 10. So it's just been it's been a run for him. And it's exciting to see. I think a lot of people are appreciating the prospect of Jordan Love going up against the Niners next week, even though nobody really expects the Niners to lose. The Niners have a clear path by like. Let's talk about for just for one second. We gotta. Uh, this might be the easiest path I've ever seen for a team to have. Not that anything yes. in the NFL is, is easy. Not that anything in the NFL is easy. And Jordan loves playing out of his mind. But the Packers have a bottom ten defense in the league, and they are playing with a lot of rookie receivers, a lot of unproven receivers that have made plays throughout the season. But you don't know how they're going to show up week to week, right? It, for for the Niners to have that in round two, and then either the Lions or the Bucks in round three, they're both the, the Lions are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but. They're way inferior in talent to the Niners. It's not even close. Like, the Niners, and if, if if they get the Ravens in the Super Bowl, that'll be their tough game. Even if they get the Bills or Chiefs. I mean, any of those will be tougher 
then, <laughs> you know? So this got to be the easiest road to the Super Bowl for any team. But listen, people are appreciating the prospect of Jordan Love going to San Fran uh, next weekend, and we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. It'll, it'll be fun to watch. I don't expect, you know, I guess we'll get to our predictions when we get to the previews, but, you know, it, it's going to be hard to see the, the Niners losing this game, but uh, it'll be fun to watch nonetheless. Uh I, I, this is this is not just a disaster. This is atrocious. It starts from Jerry Jones has to sell the team. My see. Someone Let has me... to come in and just lose. Fire him. Lean back a little more so you're more in the screen. Like lean back. Yeah, there we go. We're good. This, this is serious business. Yeah, because this need is, to... this we get. We need. We need the. This is like this... our Stephen A. moment right here. Yes. <laughs> not even a Stephen A. No, this is real. Stephen A. gets paid. Okay, I don't even get paid to do this. Yes, okay, you this do. This is real. Seven right, cents an hour. Said, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> this comes. That I'm gonna file. I'm gonna sue. I'm gonna sue the dummies for sports for all eight eight cents that they have. Um, <laughs> no, this starts from the top. Jerry Jones has to sell the team. I mean, he's been probably one of the worst owners. Like he brings in talent. Dude, they held on for Tony Romo for way too long. They held on to Garrett way too long. They held everyone way too long. They they leech onto a player. They they. they if not, every year we talk like, oh, is this the year for the Cowboys? Nope. It's like delusional. It's, it's literally like the Pittsburgh Steelers since they lost, since Big Ben has left. It's like, well, this is the year, and then they they sneak into the playoffs because they have a good like, they have a good front office and a good coach. And it's like, well, uh, okay, and like, it, 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 then they think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's like you're so stupid, and they're going to do it again next year. The Steelers are going to be in the exact same place next year. Probably Mason Rudolph going to be the starter. Like what? Why? Focus on the Cowboys. Either way, I, mean, I got to the Steelers. Yeah, I, I got to the Steelers because I hate the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers, the Cowboys. This past game, though, listen. Dak Prescott had 400 passing yards. Dak Prescott threw the ball okay. He had some awful passes. Players dropped some balls. One of the picks were definitely not his fault, but but it is awful, awful. It's not good for as a leader. Dak Prescott is not him. He's not shouldn't be deserving of money. They should be looking for a new quarterback. They should be looking for a new coach and all that. The defense tonight, last, last, yes, whatever it was, was so bad. That was some of the worst defense I've ever. You're gonna allow Jordan Love, who puts up like a hundred yard, fifty yards a game, and like, <laughs> or not really, but he puts up the yards. Oh, no, but you're you're gonna allow. You're really gonna allow. It doesn't matter. You're gonna allow a guy that's. That's all the youngest team in the league. Literally yeah. the youngest team versus oh, we're the Cowboys. At home, we're going to lose at home. We're going to lose at home, right? Cowboys. This is bad. This is just, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with them. Like I said, clean house, everyone. Micah Parsons, trade him. Get like a first over. Trade him to the Brit Bears for the first overall pick. I don't know. Do whatever. <laughs> they got to start all over. Start from scratch. Start the whole thing from scratch. It, it is disaster over there. Did you just propose a, a potential Bears first round, first overall pick over here, Micah Parsons? That ain't happening. They they literally tied what? They have 170 million guaranteed into Dak. Uh, that that ain't going anywhere anytime soon. But anyway, <laughs> the issue that's issue. We're in another Tony Romo. In, in 20 yeah. years, in, in sorry, in, in 12 years from now, we're not even probably less. We're gonna have. Dak Prescott circling our screens on, on Fox, on Fox, okay? <laughs> and you go, look at Prescott, he's so good at reading the plays. Because you're a Cowboy quarterback who couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs. We gotta mark this down and remind me in 10 yeah. years from now. Set your set your reminder on your phone, Mighty. 
that now? That's true. The Cowboys, Cowboys quarterback legacy, uh, 10 to 12 years from now, he's an amazing analyst. And then the, the Packers quarterback <laughs> legacy is in 16 years, he's going to be the quarterback of the Jets. <laughs> Making fun of himself how he couldn't win playoff games on the broadcast. Exactly. <laughs> it's not Dak. Pres- it's not Dak Prescott's fault. It's really not even Dak Prescott's fault. It's, I'm telling you, it's really not even his fault. He's just on the Cowboys. No, he's just on the Cowboys, and the Cowboys. It's like if you're on the Browns, you're just first. See Dan Campbell. That's who the Cowboys began. They should be training Michael Parsons for Dan Campbell. Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm saying, but but they need a guy. They need a coach. They need a real coach. Not these Mike McCarthy's. Not they need a guy who's gonna come in and change the entire. I don't want to say atmosphere, but the entire like the 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 vibe, the whole team, everything needs to be changed. You have this, like Jerry Jones running the team. Get a real GM. Get Bill Belichick in there if you have to. Ooh. You know that's psycho, but like yeah. do it, do it. Like go, go, get, it. go get someone who's gonna take over the whole team. No more Jerry Jones giving speeches to the team. None of that. Cut all of this out. What are we doing? Who do you think you are, Jerry Jones? You're gonna to talk to the team before the coach talks to the team? What? That is the thing with these uh, over-involved owners. We see it with um, with Jerry. We see it with um, David Tepper now, who's you know trying to take on. Yeah, thank you, Feisty. We had to uh, to get you in. Feisty, uh, Feisty's going. Let's switch the format over here. Here we go. All right. I knew we had to get Feisty in as Cowboys take in. So I'm glad yeah, that we were yeah. able to get that. In. And we'll we'll finish up the rest of the games, but uh, we but won't yes. be able to get a Steelers rant. And I know you had a good one for that. I'll, I'll take one for the team. I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> All right. sacrifice. Um, yeah, well, whatever. You know, I'll twist my arm. Um, <laughs> and you see these owners. Um, the one guy that can't get fired, you know, is the uh, the owner because they can't fire themselves. So, um, you have these over-involved owners, and he definitely Jerry Jones was successful in the in the '90s, but that was 30 years ago. And they literally have not been to an NFC Championship game in 28 years, 29 years. So something's got to change. And like, I really do believe I've I've heard people say like, if you accept, if you keep McCarthy there, and you you um, you send this message that you know you're, and you say you want to compete compete for a Super Bowl, but you keep McCarthy there, then you're showing you're sending a message like that you're not about what you're saying. You're you're truly fine with winning 12 games and just. Going, going to the wild card round, going to the divisional round, and and just losing, like not truly, truly competing. Yeah, the thing is that you know, I wonder if there's a pattern to this because it's hard to know. I, th- I think the Cowboys and the Dolphins are both in that spot where they have good quarterbacks that aren't good enough to put them over the top, and it's hard to know with teams like this. Like, what is the problem? It's not that they're not good enough. It's not for a lack of talent. It's not that they can't win games. But it comes to these moments in the playoffs. It's the old cliches. And for whatever, for one reason or another, and we, we can't even explain it, they just fall apart against good teams in the playoffs and big moments. And what do you do with a team like that? You know, like you need big change. Change to what? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, draft a, a quarterback number one overall? No. You're going to draft a, a DB, you know, high, in top 10 to try to shore up the pass pass coverage that's not the problem either right so i'm like what what is the how do you even approach this and that's something i've been grappling with the last couple of days with the dolphins and cowboys both you know just collapsing down the stretch here i mean like i don't really i don't get it i mean the eagles is a whole different discussion we'll get through soon i think that's a little bit of a different nuance but the dolphins and cowboys are in very similar situations and i don't really know where they go from here and this is why i'm thankful i'm not a <laughs> nfl gm <laughs> um maybe it's a coice you never know right it could <laughs> be no, I think it's it's right here between the ears, you know. 
It's all mindset and football. I love love this game so much. Ultimate team sport, and it truly is such a mental game. Like they say, you know, um, I mean, this, they say about baseball. So you know, 90 percent of the game is physical; the other half is mental, right? Like that's what they say about baseball, but <laughs> it's even more so. It's like ninety percent of football is is physical and you know the the whole the whole uh other hundred percent is mental but like it's such a tough sport such a tough physical game and it's so um you know one one and done win and you're in win or go home it's like literally in three hours your entire season could be for nothing so it's just so hard to stay locked in and stay focused in that moment but that's why i love it so much and that's why it can be really, truly mentally draining on people. But, um, you know, Cowboys, we'll see next year. It may be the same old story, but um, I can tell you a team that is is not the same old team, and that's the Lions. Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Motown. Yes, Motown. Eminem showed up. Entire Detroit showed up to, uh, to Ford Field to watch them play their former savior, or I don't even know if there's their savior, really, their former guy, you know, their dude, their man. Matthew Stafford, and they booed him, which um I thought was a little disrespectful. To be honest, like I didn't even know, I know that. that. I didn't see them that that I didn't see the opening. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they were cheering for their guy. They were chanting Jared Goff, Jared Goff, and cheering for him. And like, I love that, like the support. But like, I feel like booing Matthew Stafford is like it was a little, that was a little disrespectful. Like he did all he could for you, and then you were happy for him when you won a Super Bowl. But I think really what they were trying to do by booing him, they're like. We're taking a stand. No, no feelings right now. We don't care, Matt. Like Jared Goff is our guy now. It's time to take you down. So I think that's what they were trying to do by by sending that message. But they did it. They they won a playoff game and they took him down. They took down Matthew Stafford. First win in like thirty plus years, and it was amazing to see Rocky. What do you? Yeah, think? no, yeah. Listen, man. I mean, first of all, I love Dan Campbell. I love. I've been saying this for, for the last few weeks as I've been watching a lot more coaches' press conferences, and you see the different nice. person now, why I've been doing it, I, I, I need to find a better way to spend my time. But <laughs> but, but that's besides the point. Um, and, and you know, you, you look at the Mike Tomlins and the John Harbaugh's and the Dan Campbell's of the world compared to the Kyle Shanahan's and the Mike McDaniel's of the world, and they're all entertaining in their own ways. McDaniel's just freaking hilarious. I mean, quite frankly, he's just, he looks like a chiller, you know, chiller dude over there, you know, like millennial, just cracking jokes. And he looks like he's high, but he's not. He's extremely alert. Yeah. It's the funny. Like, People make jokes about him smoking weed. He's extremely alert. Like, let's not, yeah. let's not kid ourselves here. But you have guys like, I think other than the, 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 the head coaches that are offensive play callers, generally they're there to boost the morale of the team. And I think that's, you know, you guys have guys like John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, who now are the two longest tenured coaches in the league. And we'll get to Tomlin in a little bit here. But, you know, the reason they're there for so long is because, for whatever reason, they're not only good coaches, they're good mentors. And that's a big part of your job as a coach. And Dan Campbell's obviously that. You see the emotion he brings to the game. And we talk about emotions all the time here. And we, ha we argue it out. It does it play a role in the game? Does it not? And I always say it's not something you can quantify. Me as an analytical person, you can't. But there's no question that, that that is a big role in a coach. That is a big role that a coach plays, and Dan Campbell always does that. Like guys need to be positive. Guys need to be together. You saw that in the Eagles game uh, Sunday night, where they were not they were not gathering to the football. Right when the ball is thrown, 
you run to the football. It's a very simple. You you learn that when you're 10 years old, right? And they weren't yeah. doing that. And and Dan Campbell definitely had. There's something about him. I don't know what it is. There's something about him. And he's also a very good in game, um, in game situational game manager. Um, so he's got the practical side of things down as well. And you know, you know something, Yehuda, that strikes me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. It's like you look at a guy like Dan Campbell, and you think to yourself, he's going to be old fashioned. He's going to punt a lot. He's not going to go for it on fourth downs. He's going to take a lot of field goals. And it's completely opposite. Nobody goes for it on fourth down more than Dan Campbell. What do you think that is? It's a guy that's an old-fashioned, hard-nosed guy like that, and he's the most advanced, analytically driven coach in the league this year. I mean, what? Do you, how do you think that comes about? I'm very curious about this, actually. Um, I think that's a really great point and something that um, I didn't really think about. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great a great, great point. People think that he's he's old fashioned because he played as I think he was a tight end and he you think he's a meathead because he sounds like a guy who's, you know, he's a football dude who's going to bite your ankles, he's going to bite your right. kneecaps, beat you up. And he sounds like a dude who's like three yards in a cloud of dust. And he plays he plays 1940s football, but he really is a super analytical guy and super innovative guy. And like his OC, Ben Johnson, I'm sure rubs off on him a lot. He's he's very innovative and is really, really talented and definitely going to be point. ahead. Got Ben Johnson. Yeah, good point. And yeah, and they, he just, he trusts the numbers and he, I feel like he's such a good marriage of emotions and analytics. Like you said, you cannot quantify the emotions and you can tell that he's a great emotional leader and he has every single guy ready, you know, it's a cliche, ready to run through a brick wall for him and for what he's doing and for him to be so supportive of Jared Goff and of his team and his quarterback, you know, his quarterback, his guy who was basically cast off as the Rams, the rest of the players can see that. And they really, um, really, really believed and bought into the identity that he is selling of, you know, this is Detroit, this is the city, you know, the city is down and nobody thinks we're good and we're lovable losers, but now we're winners and now we're winning playoff games. And then he marries all that, all that emotional stuff and all that stuff that I just said and all the the football goodness that you can't quantify with, um, oh, it's fourth and four at the 35-yard line. A field goal would be 53 yards, 54 yards. It's not worth it. Let's go for it. And I'm going to dial up an awesome play because Ben Johnson is awesome. <laughs> and, and we're going to make um, – we're going to continue to drive down the field and we're not going to play scared and we're going to play emotional, but we're also going to play smart. So he's just – like the perfect blend of emotion and analytics. Yeah, and, you know, second and seven, you know, it was less than two minutes left. Rams have one timeout. Conventional was, wisdom would dictate run the ball three times or two more times, right, and give him 30 seconds left. He just – golf drops back there and delivers, you know, his old reliable Amon Ra. You got to love that, you know, the gutsiness of it. I love it. Not everyone did, but I absolutely loved it. And on the field, you know, like Stafford played great. I think Stafford's been playing really well all season. Puka Nakua is just, wow, That that's going to be something, you know, if they could actually, this, the Rams might have saved their franchise with Puka Nakua. And that sounds crazy to say, but that's, that's literally how big it could be, right? When you get, they did not have a lot of high draft picks these last couple of years because of all they surrendered for Von Miller and Matthew Stafford and OBJ for that Super Bowl run. And as a result, they've had to find talent late in the draft. And that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't get much better than what they've gotten from Puka Nakua this year. So if he continues to do that, Cooper Cup still got some juice left in the tank. Maybe Matthew Stafford can go another couple of years. I think they could still be in, you know, in the playoff hunt in the NFC for another couple of years. So Stafford played great. Golf was up and down. Overall, I think the Lions have enough playmakers to make a run here. Listen, they're gonna play the Bucks next week. 
And, yeah. you know, and they could easily find themselves one win away from the Super Bowl. Now, who's to say if they're going to be able to beat the Niners if the Niners make it there? Who knows about that? But at the end of the day, I mean, wow, Detroit's got to love this. You know, they get another home game. Of course, they're going to be pumped to go out to the stadium there in divisional round. Divisional round's far in the playoffs. Like, you know, we all there's eight teams left. You win this game, you're in the you're in the semis, right? That's that's pretty much the way it is. So you get to have a home game in the divisional round means you know you put yourself in that position. And the Lions have had a great season, and they get to cap it off uh, the home the, the home stretch of their season most likely to cap it off here with uh with divisional round against um, against an opponent that's extremely beatable. So it's great, it's great, it's it's fun to see, man. You can't listen. We don't have any vested interest in the Lions Rams. We don't really care about you know who wins the game, but it it was it was very nice to see. A, a team like that that tried so hard. You know, this happened a couple years ago with the Browns, and you know, as much as we're division rivals with the Browns, and it's like you still like okay, it's so sad. It's so sad. They just uh, year after year they've gone through like seventy five quarterbacks in the last twenty years, right? It's just so sad. And it's like to, for see the Baker come through and even beat the Steelers, so that was a little little bit of a right a win win. Um, you know, it, it it was nice, and you sort of see that with Detroit. It's like man, these guys they've been playing, they've been getting progressively better every year. And uh, here they are. Here they are in the in the divisional round with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. It's it's cool. It's a cool sight. Yeah, exactly. And I just think like I'm not giving the Packers that I give them like maybe a five percent chance. Like genuinely, like Kyle Shanahan literally said he was <laughs> he was already preparing for the Packers in the second quarter of the Cowboys game. So like he has, you know, obviously. You know, he only has a week right now, but like he he was looking at all his potential opponents. And so now Kyle Shanahan off and by ready to prepare with these dudes who are, are healthy and CMC hopefully healthy and Debo and Trent Williams, like they are going to expose <laughs> Joe Perry's defense. I think minimum they're getting four four touchdowns and two field goals, like minimum. Oh yeah. And like, you know, maybe the Packers can keep up with them. We just saw them drop forty eight on a really good defense. So so maybe they can keep up with them, but like I don't think they can do that to the Niners, but again, they they are playing the game. Anything's possible. And like, what if we get a Lions Packers NFC Championship game and the Lions get to host their division rival? Like, that would be insane. The amount of the amount of energy we saw for Lions Stafford, I think that that was one of the, the highest energy games I've ever seen for a football game and for the Lions hosting a playoff game that was insane that was awesome that was so cool and then imagine the Lions had a chance to go to the Super Bowl at home against their division rival their big bad rival like that would be in nuts <laughs> that would be really cool but you know we don't really give the Packers a chance but anything's possible but I'll talk about a team that did not really have a chance and um thought that giving themselves a whole extra day and calling the entire city of Buffalo soft because there were torrential wind and snow in Buffalo. Uh, they thought that they had a chance. The Steelers got bounced 31-17 in the playoffs um, in Buffalo. They wanted to blame the refs, blame the snow, Easy. blame anything, but but themselves. Um <laughs> uh, but themselves playing poorly, starting Mason Rudolph, you know, in a playoff game, like um, Steelers. And then we saw Mike Tomlin walk off the press, you know, walk off the presser when he, there's a reporter literally mid ask, asking him, um, what's your uh, status for the future? And he just walks off. So 
Um, Rocky, what do you think um, is Mike Tomlin's future with the Steelers? So what we got to show this clip there? first. Let's just give a couple seconds here and show this clip. I thought he was solid. I thought he was competitive. I thought his confidence was unshakable. I thought he, you know, displayed the things that he displayed really for the last month or so. I hope you can hear it because I can't hear it. It never gets old. I've watched that clip so many times today, but it's it's just unbelievable. The, the crowd will be able to hear it. Everyone listening will be able to hear it and see and see it in fact in all of its glory. Listen, I I, I, I know. Yeah. Not even <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Said I know what it is without even seeing it. Yeah, I mean yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know. We've all watched uh, it today and 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 you know. Yeah. I mean, let's find. Well, let's get to let's get to Mike Tomlin first, and we'll backtrack to the Steelers on the field here. I mean, you know, I I don't think you know the, the, the like we talked about with Dan Campbell. You know, what's the coach's job in in a team? It's to boost the morale. That's 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 been Tomlin's role there for the last nearly two decades, and you know, o- always had winning seasons. That listen, people are making fun of them today for okay, you always have winning season, but you haven't won a playoff since twenty sixteen. That is valuable in seventeen years. To, to you know, every single season in, in the NFL, it is so difficult to be good every year. It is so difficult to be competitive every year. In the in the most competitive division in football, in the most competitive conference in football, it is so difficult. Um, and and I think a big reason is that is they somehow find a way to improvise with lesser talent. And I don't really know how. Um, they find a way, way to find enough talent on defense, even outside of T.J. Watt. Hyde Hy- Smith came through with a absolute breakout year this year. Joey Porter had a great year this year. They find talent on that end. They always have good receivers with Pickens and Deontay Johnson. When they started to get going, the run game started to get a boost over the last couple of, couple of weeks. So, you know, they find talent in random places. Mason Rudolph all of a sudden had a thing. And I think a big reason to that is, you know, obviously it's 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 Mike Tomlin and everything else involved in that in that organization. So they're, they're never, you know, I have a friend, he likes to call them, they're cockroaches. They, they just never die. They never die. Yeah. They're always right there. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they'll die eventually, but they never die. They'll never win, you know, but they never die. And and that's the Steelers. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think Mike Tom's going anywhere. Uh, granted, I do, you know, I, I think given another couple of years, he'll probably want to retire or, or part ways or something. But he loves being the coach of this team. He loves it. And he lives it. And it's his whole life. It's been his life for nearly 20 years now. I don't think he's going anywhere. And, you know, I, I do think the Steelers need to go in a different direction, though. Like, you know, you mentioned last week, Yehuda, what's their plan? And, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it's Mike Tomlin's fault. I, he's, not, he's not the GM. And I could see him staying out of those things. It's very classic Mike Tomlin. Like, I'm going to leave that up to, to Mr. Rooney. And, you know, like, I could see, totally see that being the case, right? But <clears throat> at the same time, Macy Rudolph played fine. Pickett had stretches over the last couple of years where he's looked fine. But you, you got to have a better plan than this. And you have the 20th pick in the draft. So you're not, what, you're going to wait for Penix? He's not going to drop that, that far probably after his, you know, his performance in the college playoff. Um, so, like, I, Bo Nix, is that the other guy they're looking at, right? So, Oregon, yeah. So I don't know if any of those guys are going to drop. So at the end of the day, what's your next plan? Is to trade for Justin Fields, to trade for Russell Wilson? I don't. I just don't know where you're going with this. You need to get a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you have a talented team. It's not like they have a bad roster. There's a reason they were ten and seven this year. But you need a plan for the future. And granted, winning seasons are valuable. Winning seasons show that wow, this is a, a well coached team, 
a, t a team with some talent and a team that knows how to win games. Fine. And all the cliches that you can put out there. And they're all obviously true. But at the end of the day, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with this team. You can't even win a playoff game with, th with this team in the last eight years. You, you drag Big Ben's career out for too long. Big Ben is one of the yep. best quarterbacks I've ever watched in my lifetime. We both, you know, just saw him tear defenses to shreds with his mobility in the pocket, with his ability to extend plays, how difficult it was to take him down, his ability to make yep. accurate throws on the run. There are a few players I've seen in my lifetime, you know, throw a deep ball more accurately on the run than Big Ben. But at the end of the day, they extended his career too long. The last few years, he wasn't Big Ben anymore. His arm strength dwindled. It wasn't the same thing. These last couple of years, they didn't have a good uh, replacement plan for him, and it showed. And the Steelers need a plan. They need a plan, and they don't have it right now. I got to tell you, <laughs> while I'm watching that game, I was getting so frustrated. I literally was ranting at my wife for watching the game together. I gave her the entire spiel that I did last um uh pod and like in the preview literally was so mad explaining that i uh, like you said of course it's valuable to be good it's so hard the nfl you know we're gonna get to the eagles collapse but they literally were inches away from winning the super bowl last year and now we're talking about firing their coach like the nfl is a week to week league what have you done for me lately um it changes so fast the windows close so fast and there's value to being around every year. But we know the formula for the league right now is, is a quarterback-driven league, and you need a quarterback. And all they do is win these games that they're not supposed to win, and then they lose all the games when they play down competition. They lost the Cardinals and the Patriots, and they literally could have been fighting for the division. If they win those games... They're, they could be fighting for the division. They could have been fighting for the one seed, but they're always just good enough to succeed, to sneak into the playoffs as a seven seed, but not good enough to win um, an actual Super Bowl and actually compete and really, really, truly compete. But they're not bad enough to be in the top five and pick one of these um, franchise-changing quarterbacks. And, like, they're a cockroach. Sure, it's great. Wow, you won not nine games. You won ten games, and you snuck in the playoffs to get blown out by Buffalo, to get blown out by Kansas City. And if I was a Steelers fan, I would literally be like, like losing my mind because <laughs> you're stuck in a hamster wheel of nine ten wins every single year. And I, the problem is there are some rational Steelers fans, but then they're genuinely the Steelers fans who believe that they could have won the game, and then oh. Um, we, we own the Ravens because we swept them this year. So we would have beat the Ravens and then we would have gone to AFC, you know, the championship round and then we played like the, the chiefs or the bills and, and, um, or the chiefs or the Texans and like, who knows what could happen? Oh, like, they genuinely believe, like, yes, they genuinely believe that they can play for a super bowl. If the refs didn't screw them over a little bit, and maybe there are some questionable calls, but like the George Pickens play on fourth down, you're down two touchdowns. It was still 31, 17. And like, you're still at the drive down the field. Like that wasn't like it was a three point game. And that was a no call on the, on the pass interference there. So like there are some genuinely delusional Steelers fans who believe that you just keep going through this. And that's what I was getting mad. And I'm not even a Steelers fan. And then I had to bring it all back and realize like, this is wonderful as a Ravens fan, of course, <laughs> uh, as my bias, this is wonderful. And like what they have no plan and they 
Um, in addition to not having a plan and extending Ben Roethlisberger's career too long, like you said, I th- that's the issue with Tomlin, is that he's a player's coach and he lets the players go a little too far. And they could never beat New England. It began this. I think this genuinely all began from when AB was live streaming their. Oh no. uh, AB live that? There. He was live streaming. He was live streaming um, their win after they beat the Chiefs and they're about to go to New England. And Tom was talking about those those B words up in Boston, and they got blown out <laughs> by by the Patriots. Like, can't he can't beat Belichick? He's a good coach. I'll I'll say, but he literally the two Super Bowl years, um, 08 and twenty ten, they did not have to face Belichick because twenty ten, the Ravens knocked off the Patriots, so the Steelers didn't have to play them, and then two thousand eight. Patriots missed the playoffs because Brady, uh, Brady had yeah. a knee injury. So he, when he won the Super Bowl, he took advantage. So that is good coaching for sure. He took advantage of of no Brady, no Belichick, and they won the Super Bowl. So it's a pretty good job taking advantage of it. But like he, he could never beat Belichick. And like this this record of not winning, of not having a losing season, like it's great. But like they literally haven't won a playoff game since 2016. And they they were looking past the Jaguars in in 2016 because that was the year after they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna beat the Jags and then we're gonna beat the Patriots again in the in the AFC Championship game. Well, they're they're looking past him and then they lose at home to Jacksonville. They extend Ben's career too long and he, he plays like average. Uh, and then they they had that 11 to 0 year in 2020 when everyone could tell that they were fraudulent. And then they collapse in a similar collapse to the Philadelphia Eagles that we're about to discuss. I keep teasing that. And like, it's just over and over and over and over and over and over again. And like, that's why I say like, there's got to be a change. And now you've seen, you're hearing these rumors about him one year left and uh, what's your contract. And like the Steelers literally, they almost had a mutiny this year, right? They almost had to, the entire locker room was turning on Mike Tomlin to finally get him to fire Matt Canada, to fire a coach midseason, which they hadn't done in 30, 40 years. Like, just <laughs> offensive. Like, uh, it's just, it's very frustrating as a non-Steelers fan, so I can't imagine what it's like as a Steelers fan. So, uh, from one frustrating team in Pennsylvania to the next, uh, we go to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they check check off complete uh collapse complete and <laughs> finish the job from 10 and 1 to 11 and 6 10 and 1 the number one seed in the nfc to 11 and 6 not even winning your division and only getting a wild card to completely no showing in the playoffs um taking the term tackle football as optional <laughs> and um thinking they're at the pro bowl and that it's still to a touch and just not tackling. Um, no passion, no inspiration, no drive, um, no will to win, like genuinely no will to win, and just a full quick job that really makes you question. Um, Rocky, are we going to lose two coaches in the NFC East? who uh, just led their teams to double-digit wins for the past two or three years. I mean, Sirianni had nine wins in uh, three years ago in 2021. But basically double-digit wins for three years in a row, and both of them could be fired. (laughs) 
Um, is he losing his job? Right. It's it's a crazy thing to think about. I mean, you know, if you if you watch the Manning cast last night, you can see the frustration on Ray Lewis's face yeah. talking about, you know, you got to play as a unit. You're playing cups. You're playing cups. <laughs> he was going yeah. nuts about that. I love Ray Lewis. It's so funny. I love it. Right when I saw Ray Lewis on the Manning cast, I'm like, I have to do whatever I could to watch the second half. Like, you know, he's must see TV. So he's awesome. But yeah, he was he was he, he, he was just so frustrated by it. And Peyton and Eli are, are frustrated by the fact that, you know, outside of a couple of Devontae Smith, you know, uh, big plays, it's like they can't get the running game going they can't get the passing game going it's like the tush push doesn't even work all of a sudden <laughs> what is happening in philly right, right. <laughs> I thought that was poetic i really thought that was poetic right. just tro- truly show like that was like the perfect play it was, that was art like genuinely i thought that was art to show the full collapse the tush push isn't even working yeah yeah no and the thing is by the way people were good they, they were down by seven that play once you get the the offsides Oh, you go for it 10 times out of town. That plays automatic as far as I'm concerned. The fact that they didn't get it does not negate the decision, okay? I'm just yeah, putting that out there. Like, it's an automatic extra point as far as they're concerned. It never fails. Apparently, Vita Vea is the only one that can prevent such a thing from happening, which great job. Hello. He's been, he's been a great he made, He's been a great player his entire career, but, you know, no, nobody could stop the touch push. That could we weren't quite sure about. But there's a couple of things here. I mean, number one, you know, I, I went out last week on a rant about it, the Jaguars, one of the biggest collapses I've seen in a long time. The Eagles completed it this week, just yes. just as bad, just as bad. Uh, losing six out of the last seven, a, a team that you know <clears throat> we're looking at him last year and one of the best teams in football all around. Retain James Bradbury and Darius Slays. I've discussed many times throughout the offseason and throughout the season. I mean, you got Jalen Carter, you got Josh Sweat, you got talent all around this defense, right? And you start off ten and one. You know, the Eagles are sitting there, 10-1. and one, They're we're 12 weeks into the season. This is not like, you know, a few games in and you're 5-0. and oh. they're ten, we're tw- There's five games left, and they have the number one seed. All they got to do is beat the Niners and win, like, one other game, and they have the number one seed. That was literally that, – that was the position they were in, right? And they just yeah. – they couldn't win another game, practically, except for squeak one out against the Giants, which they barely yeah. won as well. So, you know, it, 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 it was an absolute – they look like a completely different team. Throughout the beginning of the season, we all voiced our concerns about the Eagles. They don't quite look as explosive on offense, and that came back to bite them in a big way. And there's you can't really explain it. There's a lot of talent on this team. It's a great roster. Jalen Hurts played pretty well this year as well. A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in football from week one till week 18. But that being said, something did not come together in Philly, you know, and I—, I I can't really explain it. I don't know if it's going to lead to Nick Sirianni's firing, as you say. I, I, I don't think that's they're going to jump straight to that. They just made the Super Bowl last year. They were inches away from winning the Super Bowl last year. I think Philly fans had expectations that this team was going to be, you know, competitive for a Super Bowl every single year for the next five years, right? That that was that was the expectation. So I don't think that changes from one year. You made the playoffs. Yes, you collapsed, but you made the playoffs. I think you got to give them another chance. McCarthy is a whole different discussion. I don't. I don't even want to touch that because I really don't know what's going to happen there. But Jerry Jones is unpredictable. But at the end of the day, I don't think Sirianna is going to get fired. But you know, I don't know what happened. This is clearly something that's unquantifiable. This is not a lack of talent. This is not a lack of on-field play. AJ Brown was the second to best receiver in the league this year by far, behind Tyreek Hill. It wasn't even close. He was he was top five in receptions. He was top five in receiving yards. He was top five in targets. He was top five in everything, right? So average depth of target. I mean, you want to go to every advanced metrics. I mean, he was top five in everything. So th- this was not. And Devonta Smith had over a thousand yards this year and 16th in the league in receptions. So this is this is a team with a lot of talent. Whatever it was, 
you got to figure that out. And you got to fix it because this was not okay. This was just not okay. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> Baker Mayfield came in. Well, I mean, we do have to flip sides here because I do want to talk about the Bucks for a second here. But you know, this was more the Eagles collapsed than the Bucks. The Bucks granted, Bucks took advantage. Credit, credit where credit's due. But I think the Bucks just got handed a playoff victory here in the first round. Yehuda, that's what I think. Yeah, it was honestly great call by you. Like the Cowboys, you said. Packers are kind of hot right now. Like, I don't know if you want to win the division. Like, <laughs> play the Bucks, um, and that, that might be an easier matchup. And uh, I think the Eagles would have gotten whooped by the Packers also. But the Cowboys, uh, Cowboys probably could have beat the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks played great last night, and Baker Mayfield was dicing them up. But honestly, like, I I genuinely might be able to catch a pass and run for about 10, 15 yards on the Eagles defense, the way they were tackling last night. Like, that was that was genuinely embarrassing. And it just looks like, um, you know, I was quitting on the coach. And I think that it speaks to Matt Patricia not being a good coach, not being a good coordinator. And I think that was a panic move, switching to Patricia. But the, the reason you fire Sirianni, or Jeffrey Lurie, that the owner thinks about it, is because he he is known to be like a hot, hot ticket, not a hot ticket, um, or like a, a little bit of a hot-tempered owner. Not like okay. he's wild and crazy or anything, but sometimes he'll he'll just do snap judgments. Like he literally, they built a statue of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, right? That man won you a Super Bowl the first time ever in your history, right? First championship in like seven since like the '40s for the Eagles. And they fired him a year or two later. And you didn't even give him a chance to rebuild. You couldn't, you could have just like, you know, cut Wentz and moved on to Wentz and try to let um, um, Peterson work through the issues and work through the rebuild. But no, they just fired him, even though he won them a Super Bowl. And like I said, they literally built him a statue. That's how much he meant to the team. And, you know, not to talk about how good of a coach Doug Peterson is, but like sometimes they do some snap judgments and like, we saw the the team went to the Super Bowl. They almost won the Super Bowl, and then both their coordinators leave, and Gannon and uh, the D coach, the D, D coordinator, goes to Arizona. And, you know, he had a shaky start, but then you know some solid games to end the season, and maybe they're building something. And then Steichen, for sure, we see is was maybe carrying Sirianni because um, Sirianni was calling plays, and the offense was struggling in twenty twenty one. And then Steichen took over 2022, and then they go to the Super Bowl, and they're the unstoppable offense, you know. And now this year, they just they didn't use motion. They they just run the same stuff over and over. They're running this spread offense that I heard Greg Olson talking about today. And, like, it just doesn't help. Um, you don't have enough protection for Jalen Hurts because you have spread offense. You have these guys spread out the entire time. And so they just blitz him over and over and over and over. And he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, I think he was bottom 10 against the Blitz, Jalen Hurts. And Todd Bowles loves the Blitz. And so <laughs> you don't change up your plan. You just do the same thing over and over and over. It's like definition of insanity. And you don't even have A.J. Brown to go win on the outside now. So you have much worse receivers. And you don't keep anyone in to protect Jalen Hurts. And every single play is running for his life. And like even against this awesome offensive line, they can't block six guys. It's still five. It's still five guys. You can't block six guys. They're always blitzing, and like they're so rigid. And that's the thing is like he's not calling plays. He's when he does, he's actively making it worse. And 
oh yeah and jason kelsey's retiring like your 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 team is aging and like that was the, the way that jason kelsey goes out like that really sucks for him and like i loved what he did for their their initial super bowl team and like he's always always be a legend for that but like it's very frustrating for eagles fans and you know you never know like if belichick's available like <laughs> you might want to talk to them and i'm sure belichick could do wonders for the roster like belichick as a talent builder like as the gm not the best he's solid on defense not really great on offense so if you give him all the great offensive players already then you know he'll, he'll do some great things but yeah like like talking again about the bucks back to the bucks like uh playing great or played hot they they took advantage of what was in front of them and now uh, let's see if you can beat the Lions. I, I don't really give him a chance to beat the Lions, but um, whatever, Baker, you're in the second round. You know, you could try to, to move past the division round. That'd be cool. And now let's see you, you do it on the road. So good job, Tampa. You, you took advantage of what was in front of you, and you won the playoff game, so that's cool. You know, my first thought was after the Baker is going on to the divisional round, right? It's a crazy thing. It's like the Browns literally – signed a guy for 230 million dollars and traded away a million draft picks only for them to lose in the first round and for the guy they got rid of to get yep. to the divisional round right this is making the browns look even worse not only that the only reason the browns made the playoffs was because of a 38 year old they got off the street yep. <laughs> right <laughs> they signed to, them to the veteran minimum and they lost to the team that trade they made that massive trade with and they the reason they lost was because of all the picks that the Texans made <laughs> with all that's the picks right. that that's right. That, all the all that that's exactly yeah. right. You that's a great point as well. You know, all the the worst case scenario for the Browns. They, yes, they, they they have improvised in that they've constructed the best defense in football. You know, Kevin Stefanski's done a great job with the offensive play calling all year. He's find he's found a way to win with four different quarterbacks this year. So that's been awesome. But you know, you could have done it anyway, it, it sort of seems, right? Without trading away all those guys. Just keep Baker. I mean, like, I, I don't know what you needed to get yourself Deshaun Watson for at this point. That You know, it just comes to, you get just looks worse and worse all the time. And like you said, and the Texans are better off for it, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, crazy to think. I mean, we'll get to, we'll have to get to the Texans more, of course. But it's crazy to think that a little over a year ago at this time, the te- we're thinking the Texans just screwed themselves over. Man, they scored that touchdown, two-point conversion to win that game against Indy. Can't believe it. Here we are a year later. CJ Stroud is like, you know, it went, it's destroying, <laughs> right? Destroying yeah. the Browns in the first round of playoffs. They're 10 and 7. They win to the AFC South in his first season. I mean, it's just unbelievable. They got Nitin Tank Dell. They drafted him in the, in, in, in the draft this year as well. So it's just like, it's it's been unbelievable to see what's happened there in Houston. But just, wow, what a what a shove over there in, in, in Cleveland's face. And, and Baker's tough. Baker's tough. Listen, he's been playing fine this year. He can still make big throws. He's a very volatile player, extremely volatile player. And you, you never know what you're going to get from him. It's fun to watch him. He runs around in the pocket a lot. He can extend plays. He can make a lot of throws. He's a fun player to watch. But... It's it's too inconsistent. I I also can't see. But listen, they have a chance. They're, if they would have if you know they're going up against the Lions team that's extremely beatable. You know the Lions have had to have some bad losses this year. Um, so if if they're going up against the Cowboys, you know even without the Cowboys struggles, say on paper it's probably not a great matchup. Like as we saw a couple of years ago, the Bucks did go up against the Cowboys and they got blown out. But they have a chance. They have a chance. It's crazy to think that Baker could be in, in the NFC Championship game. That's wild. That's a crazy thing. That's a crazy thing. <laughs> And the Bucks this year, they didn't know, they were supposed to win four games this year. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy storyline. Yeah. It is, you know? <laughs> yeah, good so, for them. And um, you never know with this, we're just talking about all the blitzing that they did on, on Jalen Hurts. 
Jared Goff's, um, you know, he might not be great against the blitz, and sometimes he has the tendency to to uh, get a little nervous in the pocket. So maybe you can force him into some mistakes, and then the Lions defense isn't great. You know, you get Mike Evans and, and Godwin, and now even David Moore out of nowhere, this guy David Moore and Trey Palmer, maybe they can come and, and make some plays. But I, I'm i glad that we were able to focus on the Bucks because, you know, a lot of people are focusing on the Eagles yes. collapse, and we were yes. talking about the Bucks. So. Yeah. Me personally, I think this is on me. I just wanted to. I was focusing on the Steelers uh, collapse oh, the or yeah, the Bills. Steelers, yeah, we forgot about the team that one. Right. So I just I wanted to talk with you real quick about about the Bills and and um, their game upcoming with the Chiefs uh, in a few minutes. Like, um, I heard this uh, on on TV, and um, I I you know I was thinking about it as well. It's like for Josh Allen. If not now, when? Like you beat Patrick Mahomes in the regular season twice. You're over two in the playoffs against him. They literally changed the rules for you because you guys were complaining that you didn't get a chance to to get the ball. You granted they played amazing. They the, the Bills played amazing and the defense just um I mean Josh Allen and the offense played amazing. Defense just gave it up. But this is it. Okay. You're at home now. Okay, Josh, I mean, um, Patrick Mahomes has to go on the road literally the first time in his career, you know, besides for the Super Bowls, which are neutral site, but literally the first time in his career that he's playing a playoff game on the road and it's going to be cold. It's going to be lake effect snow still from last week. The Chiefs are not the Chiefs of old. They are winning with defense and Patrick Mahomes is basically the best game manager of all time. <laughs> you know, he's playing as a game manager who can make make some plays here and there with a with one good receiver and an aging tight end and the rest of the um I don't know the Harlem Globetrotters or or like the Washington Generals. <laughs> these dudes who are just out there like clowning around. <laughs> what what are they doing? They're dropping balls like literally playing for the other team. I don't know. But Bills, this is it. You got to win this game. Like this will be a huge. Genuinely, this is like a a Brady Manning type situation where Manning, you know, eventually he finally won and he beat Brady and he had a huge comeback against Brady in 06 and then won the Super Bowl and so that was his big moment. But it took him eight years to do that. And Josh Allen, I I hope for your sake, you know, I hope Patrick Mahomes isn't your Brady because it's now or never, Rocky. Like this is it. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean. You know, we have been saying this is it for the Bills for a while now. And, you know, I, I sort of felt like halfway through the season that it was it for the Bills, right? They were six, they were sitting there at six and six. They pretty much had to win every game for the remainder of the season, but they did just that. <laughs> that's how good they are, you know? And and I, I was consistent with my opinion throughout the season. I didn't care what the Bills record was. I said, this is the most dangerous team in the AFC outside of the Ravens right now, you know? And, 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 I, and I stand with that. The most important factor in this game, we'll discuss it more, obviously, the Brady-Manning narrative is just going all around social media. It's ridiculous. Um, it's not Brady-Manning. It's Alan Mahomes. That's it. It's very different. It's a very different type of matchup. Um, but but it is it is a similar they're, – they're extremely different prototypes. It's just not even – you know what I'm saying? And the offenses are just completely different designed offenses. Um, but 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 in terms of every year, these guys seem to play each other. 
in the playoffs there. every single year, there. right? There, yes, every year. And and here we go. Sunday Night Football, exactly how the NFL wanted it to happen. You can have Vance exactly. and Romo, 6.30. The Steelers winning would have messed over all the NFL's plans. The Bills win. It, it perfectly Stroud against Lamar, put that 4.30. Perfect. You got the Niners Saturday night. West Coast works out well with the timing. This is just perfect. Yeah, put the Lions, Bucks, you know, 12, you know, 3, 3 p.m., whatever, on Sunday. 6.30, you got the Mahomes at Sunday night to cap off the division. This is perfect for the NFL. Exactly what they wanted. Maybe they even delayed the game on purpose so that they'd be able to set it up like this. I'm just saying. I'm not saying but I'm just saying. Anyway, point being that this is exactly what the NFL wants, and Mahomes, out. I'm very excited for it. I hope we can watch it from a vantage point of who's coming to Baltimore next week, right? That would be fun. Could you imagine yeah. the entire game? They're just like, earn the right to, for a trip to Baltimore the entire time. That's right, right? That's the, entire, yeah. that's the entire game. So hopefully we'll be able to play that out. But anyway, yeah, this is, I mean, we're all looking forward to this. We'll, we'll dive into the matchups. We'll dive into everything more a little later. But, you know, just to touch on it now, it's like, you know, the Chiefs are not the same Chiefs. They're, they have to improvise. Kelsey has has clearly lost a step this season. You know, first time in his year in, in his career that he's had less than a thousand yards receiving. And you know, Rasheed Rice has come on as of late. I mentioned that many times, but Sky Moore has not worked out. MVS has not worked out. That experiment did not work out. Even in the same light that um, Judas Smith Schuster did last year, MVS has been a step down from that this year. I thought it would be a parallel move, but it hasn't been. He's been a step down from that. The Kadarius Tony experiment hasn't worked out. So. They have Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. The Bills are opening at two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm a little shocked about that. The Chiefs have a great defense. Number seven in DVOA you mentioned last week. Great defense. But uh, number five now. They're number five now after if you account for the, yeah. for the playoff win. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Josh Allen has a way of winning in so many different ways, right? Stephon Diggs on that back shoulder. You just can't stop it. You know you're gonna try to you're gonna try to blitz him. He he responds well to the blitz. You're gonna try to suffocate him in the pocket. He can't do that either. So it's like, you know, him and Lamar Jackson are very similar players to watch. They're very similar in the way that they the play breaks down and they can still gain some positive yardage. Mahomes has that, but it's different. It's different with Mahomes. It's it's it's, it's crazy throws. It's great vision down the field. It's keeping the play alive. Allen, it's like extending plays, not just keeping plays alive. It's creating pot it's not just extending plays so you could throw the ball out of bounds and avoid a sack it's extending plays so you can run the ball for 10 15 yards or you know wait till gabe davis breaks open 15 yards down the field so it's going to be such a fun matchup and i'm i'm, I'm surprised about the two and a half point line i i, I and i i think the bills should certainly be favorites in this game just opening it, thoughts definitely yeah i would say four and a half probably if i would four if i were making a, a line i think they they have respect for mahomes and fine i mean i hear mahomes. it I, it, that's what it is. It's a Mahomes line, but you know that After means that in, in neutral site, the, the Chiefs would be getting a half a point. I don't see that this year. I, I think the, the Bills are far superior. Uh, maybe the Bills Bills ha did suffer a bunch of injuries against the Steelers. Another reason why yeah. it's huge to get the bye because yeah. when it gets to the playoffs, it's not a matter of if you'll get injuries. It's a matter of who will get injured and how many injuries will you have. Because at this yeah. point in the season, everyone's beat up, right? Yeah. So someone's going to get a serious injury. You just hope that it's not players at important positions. You hope nobody gets injured, but it's, it's almost inevitable, right? So, yeah, they're banged up. They're banged up. They are. They are. They're banged up on the defensive side. But, you know, I, I, I can't see this as like a Mahomes-Allen duel like it was a couple of years ago. Like, this, it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem like we're, 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 we're heading toward that again. It seems like we're heading more toward a... You know, a more methodical type of game, a more less of a high flying. You don't have Tyreek Hill in there anymore. You don't have the high flying Chiefs offense anymore. The Bills are never a particularly high flying offense. So, 
you know, I don't see that. I think it's a different style of game this year. That's what I, I think. mean. That you could argue, like, I mean, obviously, huge plays are, are very exciting, but like, you could argue that that makes it even more exciting and more impactful because um, you can't necessarily flip the game on one play. And so you got to work and you build up all this anticipation of these seven yard outs and you get seven yards here, a six yard run here, and you've got to work for it. And you've got to grind for it. And 35 31 is a very exciting game. 46 or 42 36, whatever it was, very exciting. But 28 24, 21 17, 24 21, you know, that's still an awesome game and a very exciting game. And I think we're going to get another classic. And we'll we'll discuss it more in our in our preview pod, but um, you know, I'm glad we were able to get a little a little discussion about the Bills and of Super Wild Card Weekend, but it will be divisional round. Always the best round of the year. We we talk about it. It's the best round of the NFL season. And we're really looking forward and we'll get our preview pod and our more in-depth thoughts about those games coming up. So like and follow and listen to the pod wherever you get your podcasts and on Spotify and on YouTube. Subscribe. Rockies rocking those shorts and the YouTube shorts and the TikTok shorts. We're we're getting those out and always strong on those. Always strong on those. Oh, yeah. Love, love to see you watching and commenting, and we'll get into discussions. So thank you guys for listening, and looking forward to our divisional round preview. Have a great day.